I'm T-Rick Jones. I'm the managing editor of Daily Star Trek News. And I'm Tony Tolado, host and producer of Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast. Great to be with you here, T-Rick, as always, talking about now Star Trek Strange New World season number two. Yeah, and uh, we're looking forward to season number three already. Um, yeah, obviously, we're as we record this, we're still in the middle of an actor strike, and uh, I think it's over 100 days now. And yeah. um, certainly stand with them. They should be paid what they deserve. And especially with AI, uh, you know, and how they can mimic their voices. Yeah. Um, you know, you might e could even see uh, an all CGI version of Casablanca with the original cast uh, talking, right. which is quite possible. And even new dialogue could be added. And AI can, you know, do that. But I certainly stand with them and they should be paid what they're worth. And they're grossly underpaid. And the residuals, frankly, are a joke, what they get paid. It's just Agreed. not right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, I had opinion. a talk with Michelle Hurd <laughs> about it um, a, a few weeks ago. Uh, Michelle Hurd from Star Trek Picard. Uh, yeah. She, you know, she was very articulate. And yeah. you know, um, it was it was a great, great interview, a very interesting interview. Some things yeah. I didn't know. So, mm -hmm. you know. It, they deserve they deserve their uh, their fair share. Absolutely, absolutely. I've been following uh, Gina Torres, who's like oh, a yeah. great actor, and she's actually mobilized all these great Latina actors, and they and they uh, and they pick it every day. Uh, with I like to say, and what they like to say, with a little ritmo, with some <laughs> rhythm, and uh, I mean they really make it an occasion, but obviously have some fun, but also. You know, pointing to uh, you know the inadequacies of how things are. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a tough time. I hope they resolve this, and uh, they can get back to work because that's what that's what we're going to be talking about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> their work. Exactly. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. But I hope it resolves in the actor's favor, or at least in a compromise. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, compromise. Nobody really wins, but you get something of what you want. And I hope at the very least that happens. So yeah. we'll see. You know, this is going to go on, I think, a little while longer, unfortunately. Yeah, I think so too. Star Trek Strange New Worlds. What did you, uh, overall of the season, what did you think of it, Tony? I, you know, there was one word I would say bold. Uh, I mean, I thought they took some, they really took some swings. It was really interesting. Uh, there was uh, an article I read about a Star Wars fan who said, he said that, just to paraphrase him, he says, Star Wars keeps, you know, trying to explain the past and fill in the past, while Star Trek seems to be going forward, even though it's a prequel show, they seem to be going forward, trying new things and being bolder. Well, a lot of the Star Wars shows, he said, were very similar, you know, uh, the only one that I think stands out is Andor, which is really good. So to hear that from a Star Wars fan shows you that this season really made an impact. So far, I say it's their best season. Yeah, I I agree. I I thought uh, season two really they took some big swings, um, and uh, you know your mileage may vary on whether some of those big swings worked or not. But um, but you know, I I agree totally. Bold is the word. It was you know, um, it was a fun season to watch and uh, um, and see how how they grew as characters and as writers and um, you know the some of the interesting things which I'm sure we'll talk about the interesting things that they did 
throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of the uh, the first episode uh, that I aired? It was the weakest of the season. Uh, to yeah, be um, and I think so. I think a lot of a lot of the early episodes um, were fashioned around the fact that Anson Mount was taking uh, paternal paternity leave. Um, and I think that's why, that's why he wasn't in much of the first, first episode. He's, I mean, I love all the characters in that show. He's the heart of that show. Yeah. Um, and an episode without him doesn't feel like, doesn't feel like a strange new worlds episode, or, or at least doesn't feel, uh, fully fleshed out as an episode. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I thought I, I it just, the story wasn't as interesting to me as most of the others of the season i just thought it was a, a weak episode a weak way to start um i i thought after doing after doing the cliffhanger of number one has been arrested for this crime that's yeah. what started and they didn't mm-hmm. do that till see till episode two and and so it was sort of like what what are we doing here we're doing you know um the weaker i thought of the of the cliffhangers which was Laan leaving the ship um, you know, I, I, you know, it just didn't work for me. So, and, you know, it was a, it was an action-packed episode. We we get to see a lot of Chapel and Mbenga's past, kind of catching up with them a little, uh, and that that drug they took to enhance their physical abilities. I think we'll hear more about it. It it kind of started an arc that carries a little bit through the season about their background. And also what the war was like, yeah. Uh, you know, um, so that was um, that was interesting. The it was very action oriented, and and yes, there was character development, but um, but yeah, I think action was the the key the key thing. Um, there, the scene where they're in the spacesuits and and essentially they're 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 just going to go out there and see if hopefully somebody catches them and finds them. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, and and really, the fight scenes were really well done, and uh, um, I mean, it's, it's it was it was good. But I agree, at a, an episode that could have been more towards the middle of the season, uh, but to kick it off, I thought it was kind of like okay, interesting, but what's going on with uh, <laughs> you know with number one? I want to exactly, exactly, and, yeah. And then and then we find out. Probably one of the strongest episodes of the season. Uh, Star Trek does courtroom dramas really well. I would put this up there with Court Martial from the original series and Measure of a Man from Next Generation. I think that's how strong I think this episode is. Yeah, yeah. It made me think of those episodes. It made me think of the drumhead from Next Generation. Oh, yeah, it's another one, yeah. I love, I love a good courtroom drama in Star Trek. Um, you know, I even like uh, the episode Dax from uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, which is a little bit of a weaker uh, yeah. courtroom episode, a little bit of, you know, it was their first season. But I enjoyed that whole, that I, I enjoyed the courtroom thing. And I thought that I thought that was a great episode, the courtroom, the courtroom one with number one. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, the uh, and I, I actually tweeted out to her, we're actually on Instagram, congratulated her. The actress playing the attorney uh, who was in American Gods as well, playing Venus, was absolutely fantastic. And I'm sorry, I don't, I, I know your name, but I don't want to mispronounce it. So, uh, 
But uh, yeah, she was dynamic and it was watching it. And my wife and I looked at each other, you know, she could have her own show, you know, she's yeah. really that good. Yeah. So, I, very as, strong. As much as that episode was, you know, a number one centric episode, she was the star of that episode and she was so very good. Um, and the writing was on point. Oh my God. Yeah. The, yeah. You know, everything was just, that should have been, as we were saying, the, the season premiere. Um, mm -hmm. everything was just so great about that episode. It had a message. It never lagged. It never got boring. Um, you know, you went to alien worlds, you spent time on the ship. You, you know, you had everything you had. A lots of characters had their moments in it. It was just a really, really well done episode. I thought all around. I agree. I thought that was a, a magnificent episode. And as I said, worthy of the other court dramas that Star Trek has done. Um, it was just, so well written and obviously you know the theme that stands out and and that was so intentional was people that are different that yeah. you know and prejudice that it just uh it really hit home with a lot of people and i i remember the chatter on the internet was very strong after that episode yeah yeah well i, I, I would I, go ahead. I would say top five star yeah. trek episode uh you know of, of, of strange new worlds easily a top fiver I agree. Um, prejudice has always been a a, um, a point that Star Trek has has gone back to time and again since 1966, um, and you know it's it's always always a uh, um, a talking point that's relevant, um, no matter what era of Star Trek you're watching. Um, it's just it's still relevant as relevant today. Uh, maybe in different ways, but still, still as relevant today as it was in 1966. So, it, and they did a really great job of bringing that to the forefront. I thought. Yeah, I mean, prejudice, unfortunately, is part of being human, yeah. and uh, it it's we all have them. You know, I I admit that too. But as a young man watching Captain Kirk, you know, admit that, and uh, and then saying something with the line, he goes, "But I'm I, I know is." barbarism or something but i i applied it to this and it's like i'm not prejudiced today you know it's like every day you say that to yourself and it just kind of steers you in the right direction every single day yeah. and it's like no you can't i mean i mean i've i've experienced it because i grew up in a time where prejudice was there all the time but you know those words were and and the original trek was just a guiding force for me to steer me in the right direction so and i'm i think this episode the same for uh people watching now of all ages which is cool sure absolutely yeah 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 that was uh that was a great one man i i love that episode yeah um now this this one the the one after and you see here oh yes this one was like wow this was another you know gut punch episode for me with kirk and Leon, I mean, it was just, I'll tell you, Paul Wesley, he's killing it as Kirk. I he love is. his Kirk. Um, yeah, he absolutely is. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk about him as we go through the season later on. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, we will. But, but yeah, I thought I thought this was a really, really good episode. Um, 
it uh, there were moments where it felt a little like they were trying to do some Star Trek four kind of thing, you know, with the humor yes. and and stuff. And it's interesting because um, I talked to Jonathan Frakes last year about uh, Picard season two. Yeah, and he said what they were trying to do was do a season long Star Trek four, and he said it didn't. He didn't think it really worked. Um, yeah. I would agree with that. But this actually worked much better as sort of a nod to Star Trek Four, but still kind of doing their own thing um, and not going to like San Francisco or New York or somewhere, you know, that they went to Toronto. I don't know that any Star Trek show has ever gone to Toronto before. Um, no. So it was an almost present day Toronto. Um, mm hmm. So and this one's I think a, another right around for um for not having Anson Mount at the in the early part of the season. Um yeah. I thought it worked really well. I thought it was I, I thought it was great. I thought Christina Chung did, oh. I love Christina Chung. I love her character. Um mm. and I thought she did a great job and she and Paul Wesley really have a chemistry and work. Boy, did they. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked it <clears throat> and from what I read and and seen in interviews they were like they were shooting in uh, Toronto, and at first they said, "Yeah, let's let's do it as New York." But then I think it was Akiva Goldsman who said, "Why not? Let's do it as Toronto." <laughs> you know why? Why do we have to do it as New York? Because it's such a cool city, and it's a city we haven't really seen on TV very much. Yeah, uh, except subbing for New York. So I I thought that was really cool. You know, and the the thing that just was so emotional for me was at the very end and this is a spoiler you haven't seen it and shame on you if you haven't but when she sees young Khan Noonien sing and she has that opportunity it's like could you if you had the chance to go back in time and kill like Hitler or Genghis Khan or any of these tyrants yeah could you and you know, as children, and it's like, wow, it was such a heavy decision for her to make. She could have literally changed history. And I thought she played that beautifully. It was written beautifully. And it was like, that is quite a dilemma that I hope nobody has to make a decision like that. That's a <laughs> tough know, one. But it was, I mean, yeah. I, and it put you, the viewer, because the large part of the audience will have seen Star Trek to the Wrath of Khan and maybe even Space Seed. So they'll know who Khan is. Um, and it put them in that position as well, because if they, they know who he's going to grow up to be, so would would you go back and kill Khan if you had the chance? Um, yeah. He's going to cause havoc in the 23rd century. So wh what what do you do there? It, yeah, I thought it was really effective. What, what happens if you do do it? And yeah. how does the future look? Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, the butterfly effect that could literally change everything and even change the Federation if she did it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, that was a, that was a, a really, really cool choice. I thought. I agree. Um, now, you know, that was followed by the episode, um, about, you know, where they go back to, uh, the, the actual planet that we saw in, um, I think it's one of the Rigel's, on the the cage where, where yes, Rigel Seven, Rigel Seven, he has that memory, and then you know they they certainly have expanded it 
and yet made it look familiar too. The costumes certainly hinted at that original cage pilot and were no man, you know, in that, uh, and I guess, yeah, I guess uh, that episode, uh, you know, where, where Kirk, where Spock saves the older uh, Pike. But, uh, but yeah, I thought that was, uh, I, I, I liked it. It, it kind of, um, a little bit of a redemption for red shirts, I thought. <laughs> uh, yep. <laughs> you know, I thought that was the case. Um, what did you think of it? I thought it was a good episode. I thought uh, it was a good episode. I thought it was very strange. Um, yeah. But I, I had the opportunity of talking to Benji Bakshi, who um, is, was the cinematographer on that one. Mm. Um, and the, if you watch it, it is such a beautifully shot episode. Oh. Uh, yeah. And they used their AR wall. He and I talked a lot about their AR wall. And it is yeah. amazing technology. And oh, yeah. a lot of it was done in front of that AR wall. Um, and it was it was very beautifully shot. And the cinematography actually helped tell the story, which sometimes it's just there to sort of support the story. And, and you know, but in this case, a lot of the shots, when they were losing their memories the cinematography was such that you saw things through their eyes and you saw things getting blurry and you saw the stuff. Um, and it really helped tell and sell that story. Cause it's a very, very strange story. Um, mm. And I'm not sure I completely even now buy the whole thing. Um, we, we only saw a very little bit of Rigel seven in, mm -hmm. um, in the cage and the menagerie um, just, 